story about a carnival barker who uh, created a unique game on one of the uh, midways that he worked, um, state fair that uh, state fairs that he worked. He had uh, decided that he would take a lemon and put it in a vice and squeeze all the juice out of it, or as much juice as he could with that vice. And then as he barked to the crowd that was passing by, he would challenge them with this uh, simple task. If you can squeeze one drop of juice out of this lemon, you'll win $1,000. Well, with his uh, good promotion and uh, the curiosity of the crowd, there were a number of people who gathered and accepted or intended to accept the challenge. And so one by one, they came up, cost $10 for the chance to do this. One by one, they came up and they would squeeze as hard as they could possibly squeeze and they got nothing. And finally, there was this guy that looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger that came up and and the crowd was sure that if anybody could squeeze a drop of juice out of this lemon it was this guy and and try as he might he he got nothing and with that the crowd would kind of start to wander off and go he can't do it nobody can do it but just about the time they were starting to wander off a guy walked up to the barker Uh, A guy who looked like he couldn't even give give you a firm handshake, let alone squeeze a drop of juice out of this lemon. And handed over the $10 and said, I'd I'd like to take a chance, you know, take a shot at this. He got the lemon and and he began to squeeze it. And lo and behold, it wasn't just one drop, there were two or three drops that, that came out of that lemon. And the carnival barker looked at him in astonishment you know, how, sir, how in the world, you don't even look like, you don't look like you can do anything. How could you do that? And he said, uh, well, I'm a church treasurer. <laughs> Compared to my church, that drop of juice was nothing. So, so. Well, you may feel, since we're starting stewardship emphasis, that we're trying to put the squeeze on you. But that is not our intention at all. But it is our hope to challenge you to consider uh, what God through Jesus Christ has done in your life. And part of that challenge over this uh, next three weeks that we have comes this morning from Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. What really counts is the title of the sermon. Give you a little background before I read the verses. Paul has just uh, heard of, found out about an offering that has been given to the church in Jerusalem by a church, the church in Macedonia. And the significance of that is the church in Macedonia was not a uh, prosperous church. Not well off, but even in the midst of uh, some of the struggles they were having, 
they found it within their heart and within their call to offer, uh, make an offering to the church in Jerusalem, which was in, in a fairly desperate circumstance. So, Paul writes to the Corinthians, reminds of, of that in the very uh, first few verses of this 8th chapter. And then in the 8th verse, he goes on, of the 8th chapter, 2 Corinthians, he goes on to say this, talking about uh, the church in Corinth and what they might, how they might respond. I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I'm giving you my advice. It is appropriate for you who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do, uh, to finish that which you have done. So that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one doesn't have. I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of fair balance between your present abundance and their need, so that their abundance may be for your need in order that there may be a fair balance. As it is written, the one who had much did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have too little. Well, in those verses, Paul begins to frame a, uh, an argument, and he begins to frame a uh, response to objections that he thinks that these folks in Corinth are going to have. He foresees those objections. And one of the objections that he foresees that he addresses in here is the, the idea, the thought that there are limits, of course, limits, because uh, I can only give what I have. Others may be able to give more because they have more. And so Paul, in response to that, says, I'm not asking you to give beyond what you uh, have or don't have, but I am asking you to be fair. I am asking you to, to be appropriate. The other objection that he foresees is, well, the uh, situation in Jerusalem is not that desperate. I mean, after all, they should be able to, to make it on their own. If we had the same trouble, they probably wouldn't come to our, our aid. We'd have to you know, figure out a way to handle it. We'd have to figure out a way to do what we need to do. And, you know, really, if the shoe was on the other foot, we're not so sure the church in Jerusalem would help us. Paul, in response to that in these verses, says there's a, you know, there's a fairness about this. There's a trust about this. You are called to do what you can do. Just like when the circumstance and time might present itself, the church in Jerusalem is going to be called upon to do the same things. 
And Paul goes on with these, these kinds of thoughts. You know, how much uh, should one give? And what's proportionate? What is, uh, what's fair? You know, I had a friend of mine uh, some years ago who was telling me how he calculated what he would give to the church on Sunday. And he said in those calculations, here's how I do it, Greg. He said, uh, he said, I got so much money for the weekend. And every Friday, we go out and have pizza. We eat pizza. Every Saturday, I like to hunt. If it's hunting season, I go hunting. And if it's not hunting season, I like to play golf. So I play golf if I can't hunt. And then when Sunday comes, whatever I have left, that's what I give to the Lord. That's what I give to the champ, to, to the church. Uh, I said, well, do you, do you really think that giving what's left over is what the Lord would have you to do? Might you want to think of your weekend a little differently? Maybe uh, think about what you're going to give to the Lord and then you can use the rest at your discretion. He said, well... That sounds like a good idea. I'll think about it. We are always trying to uh, calculate, you know, ways to be, uh, ways that we can uh, make sense, so to speak, out of our giving. Paul recognized this, and that's exactly what he's talking to the church in Corinth about. And so, when he gets finished with uh, these verses, here's kind of the summary of, of what we can conclude. The rules that, that it seems like Paul is suggesting, the rules for giving. Uh, you learn from the other people. You learn from their example what others give. Church in Macedonia. You know, always good to have a good example. I mean, part of what we do on Sunday uh, when we're in stewardship time is we try to have people uh, speak that we believe are good examples of how to be faithful in giving. You learn from others. You give in proportion to what you have. You don't give what's left over, but you give in proportion to what you have. And, this is obvious, you share with the needy. If there's a need, you try to meet the need. Those are the rules that uh, we could kind of grasp from uh, the reading that we have. Paul doesn't say anything about the tithe, 10%, give 10%. Uh, He doesn't go Old Testament on these folks. Because he's primarily talking to Gentiles. They don't really have any frame of reference about tithe and about Jewish custom and about Jewish law. So he doesn't really, he doesn't mention that. But he comes up with with these kind of things that seem to uh, be reasonable and seem to to make sense. He doesn't talk about tithe. I had uh, a story that I heard some some, uh, time back. 
about a guy who started a business, and uh, he promised uh, to the Lord that he would tithe whatever he made from his business. And when he started, he was struggling. He, uh, he was making about $200 a week. He was clearing about $200 a week, not much money at all. And he was he's tithing. He was giving $20 every week. As uh, things progressed and as, as months went by and as years went by, his business began to grow, began to expand. He was doing well. The $200 a week turned into $3,000 a week. And as he got up to uh, where he was making that kind of money, he, he kind of stopped and paused and said uh, to himself, you know, $300 a week, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Uh, maybe I don't need to tithe. Maybe I don't need to give that. It bothered him. So he went to his pastor. He said, uh, he said, I feel like this is fair. I was, you know, when I was tithing, I was, you know, giving $20 a week. Now, you know, I, I could, you know, the tithe would be $300, but, but I'm thinking 150 would be okay. And that's a lot of money. And uh, I want to know what your advice is. I want to know if you have any, any uh, thing, counsel that you can give me in terms of how I calculated this out. Is there any uh, uh, way we can pray about this? So I know that uh, what I'm doing is, is a faithful response. pastor said, let's pray. I have the perfect prayer. I know exactly what to pray for. And they bowed their heads. They joined hands with each other. And the pastor said... Dear God, this man is, is struggling with what he should give to the church. He had no problem being faithful when he was making $200 a week. Lord, restore his faith so that he's only making $200 a week again and he can tithe. Well, the rules. Paul seems to give a pretty clear indication. Learn the way, learn from others. Give proportionally to what you have. Share with the needy. It's all very neat. It's kind of like everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten. I don't know if any of y'all have ever read that book. came out years ago. Share with others. Across the street, you go into traffic, hold somebody's hand. Make a mess, clean it up. Put things back in place after they Rules. All neat. All clear. But for Paul, he drops the bomb, the blockbuster here. Genuine giving never works by rules. So here, before he ever starts to kind of rationalize things, here's the thing that Paul said in these verses. You know that by the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes... He became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. Now he took those words, that thought, from what we call the Christ hymn. That was probably sung uh, in the early church, in many early churches. We have it in uh, what we think is uh, almost its entirety in the second chapter of Philippians. Have this same mind among you that's yours in Christ Jesus, who though in the form of God did not regard equality with God 
as something to be exploited, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born in human likeness. And we sing the end of the Christ hymn in this church every Sunday. It ends this way, every tongue should confess, every knee should bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. We sing that every Sunday. So Paul reminds the church that Christ gave everything to us. That nothing was withheld. That the standard, the standard's not like some calculated rule or even 10%. The standard is Jesus Christ. And Jesus gave it all. You remember the story that Jesus told about the woman who gave all that she had. It wasn't proportional. No proportion in that. You know what? Uh, studies have been done for decades on who gives the greatest proportion of the money that they make to causes uh, to help others. It's always people on the lower income of the, uh, side of the scale. They're the ones that give the greatest percentage. Maybe not the greatest dollar amount, but the greatest percentage. Paul says it's about your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And what you, what you believe you have received from Christ and how you want to express your thanks. How you want to respond to Christ through your giving and through the ministry of the church. So the final standard then of our giving is not to be the result of careful calculation of how much will be left when we have given. The only standard is the love of Christ. And in light of that, can we hold anything back. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the gifts that we have, for all that we have received in you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be faithful in all that we do and all that we say and all that we are. God, we pray for the wisdom faith, the strength to be your servants in this world. To give according to how you've given to us. Lord, you've reminded us that in Christ Jesus you gave us everything. God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.